Are you tired of working nine to five? Are you tired of your dreams going unfulfilled? Are you still letting fear stop you from pursuing that business idea? Well, all that stops today. I'm Shawnee Sanders, host of the Girl Take No podcast, a podcast for ambitious women looking to ditch their nine to five and take the leap into entrepreneurship. Each week, you will learn the mindset, methods, and actionable steps other successful entrepreneurs took to make the shift from full-time employee to full-time entrepreneur and live the life they always dreamed of. Now let's get into today's episode. Hey guys, welcome to the Girl Take No Podcast. I'm your host, Shawnee Sanders, and today I have with me Ashley Quinn. She is a passionate working mom, which we love that. She is author of The Executive Motherhood, The Art of Having It All Without Without Doing It All. I can't wait to hear about this book. And she is founder of the virtual assistant agency called My VA Rocks. Ashley, welcome to the show. Thank you. And my name is Ashley Quinto Powell. Oh, I'm sorry. Ashley Quinto Powell. I apologize about that. <laughs> I just said your last name. Sorry about that. That's okay. <laughs> okay, cool. Okay, so before we jump into like any major questions, give me the story behind the brand. What made you decide to start um, your virtual assistant company? And then we'll talk about kind of like the story behind the book itself. But give me the story behind what made you decide to start your VA company. Sure. Well, I had been using a virtual assistant in uh, my consulting practice, mm-hmm. and I had recommended to my clients that they hire virtual assistants, uh, and it really helped me. Uh, at the time, I was sort of being flung between my home in Madison, Wisconsin. I had mm-hmm. a commuter apartment in Chicago, so I was traveling weekly um, and very, very focused, but very uh overextended. And I hired my first VA to um, read my emails to me as I was driving. And it was the only thing that kept me even remotely on top of communication. (laughs) Um, And then, you know, I've been, I have been talking about keeping working moms Mm -hmm. in the workforce for as long as they want to be and how corporations need to better support the pipeline of executive women and the women on their teams, especially through their childbearing years, because that can be so tough. Mm -hmm. And the messaging that we send moms is awful about, uh, you know, how to, we, we don't really give them messaging about how to stay in the workforce. We give them plenty of messaging about how to go home. And, uh, and I think there's all sorts of stuff that happens, uh, in when you're when you're trying to make the decision, uh, how involved do I want to be at work? That yeah. uh, that steers you in what potentially is the wrong direction. Uh, and then I know too from speaking about that topic that there are young women who are looking to see how moms are handling it to mm-hmm. see if they can even fit a child in their lifestyle. And mostly actually that answer is probably not. So um, I think I've been sensitive to um, that for a really long time. And then, um, you know, in the, so I, in the pandemic, uh, I had just a terrible time uh, myself. I was trying to keep my business alive, trying to feed children all the snacks. Mm-hmm. And I knew, um, as a lot of people did, actually, that we were going to yeah. lose a lot of women from the workforce. I felt that lost third grade math so- during that time. Oh, oh goodness. <laughs> it was awful. I mean, it, it was, was awful. awful. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, as people started saying, like, well, now we know that teachers are val- – nope. 
I always knew that teachers were amazing. Mm-hmm. I did not need to learn that lesson. I think we should pay them a billion dollars. However, so yes, so that does should. not mean we absolutely that was not a lesson I needed to learn. <laughs> and uh, I could just see that we were going to lose a lot of women from the workforce. And mm-hmm. um, uh, I thought if it were me, my brain would atrophy at home. And, you know, I get so much from being vital at work and wanted to create an opportunity, um, maybe a soft landing for people who needed to leave the traditional workforce Mm -hmm. for whatever reason. And we certainly have quite a lot of caregivers, uh, who are, uh, who are on our staff, but, um, uh, People don't like the traditional workforce for any number of reasons, Mm. you know. I could name a lot of them. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yep. (laughs) And so I've been able to scoop up really amazing folks as virtual assistants. Um, But, you know, it sort of – it fits my values of keeping people in the workforce if they want to be there. Mm -hmm. And um, also, from the flip side, we deserve help. You know, I'm in in Madison, Wisconsin, and Midwestern entrepreneurs are – we are very good at a lot of things. Going it alone <laughs> is one of those things. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, doing everything without complaint. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't ask for help very well. And, uh, but I do think we all, we deserve that. We deserve some of that lift and we deserve not to be working at 10 PM. And mm-hmm. uh, we deserve to have these systems that, that allow our businesses to grow uh, without it necessarily being all on us. Yeah. And uh, so uh, it all it all collided for me in the virtual assistant business and the rest is history. You know, I mean, you touched on so many important things. You know, one, you're so right. The current workforce do not find reasons for us to stay as working moms. It does give us a lot of reasons to leave. You know, Mm -hmm. they really don't support us. And it's like, and it's so funny to me because a lot of the leaders who are husbands and have children, you know, you know, sometimes say they understand, but when you do have a, of that that moment where oh my god the my child's school call and I have to leave I can't attend this meeting or I can't present this particular presentation which is a lot in my case because I have to go you know mm-hmm. and pick up my kid that's sick from school and a lot of times they really didn't understand it and they wanted you to plan it out and you're like I can't plan when my kids are going to be sick mm-hmm. I can't tell you that you know so it wasn't really very supportive it really isn't but it does give you a lot of reason to to think about your lifestyle which the pandemic did for me as well and it really had me choose positions that were way more flexible because I could not be so confined to a desk. I had to have flexibility where I'm able to pick up and go when I need to because simple fact is I have kids and sometimes mm-hmm. things happen. And absolutely I, I, I love that. And I do think you touched on another thing that was important is that as entrepreneurs, we also think that we have to do everything ourselves. Mm-hmm. We really do. Because even with me and my podcast, I was doing it all myself to the point where I was like, I'm so overwhelmed. <laughs> I have to get help. Why I went out, it's so fun. I just went out and got myself a VA assistant because I couldn't do it anymore. It really got to that point, actually, where yeah. I could not, I physically couldn't do it anymore. I was like, I got to get somebody else to handle the outreach of just guests you know what I mean that's coming in you know people that want to come on the show the managing of social media it's so important to know that you don't have to do it all you can Mm -hmm. get help 
Yeah, absolutely. And you know, there's a um, there's a great book that's sort of on everybody's hot list right now, which is Who Not How. Mm. And one of the things that they say really early on in that book is, imagine what you could accomplish if you didn't have to do it all yourself. Oh wow! Yes. And I think that that is so magical. It's um, uh, it's you know the um, the idea that uh, well, we all have as many hours in the day as Beyonce. It's like yeah. that should make you want to hit someone. Yeah. Like, no, we are not. So- we are not actually Beyonce in hiding. No. Right, we don't. We're not. We're not. It's mm-hmm. just we're not. Um, so it's a little, it's a little easier to stomach than, uh, than you have as many hours in the day as Beyonce. But it's this, it's the same. You know, it's the same thing. If we can, if we can nail delegation, we can really grow our, um, grow what we have purview over. And, um, and the fact of the matter is, there's so much stuff that actually does not need our brains or our. Mm-hmm muscle. And the stuff that really does need our brain is the big thinking strategy stuff. Yeah, And uh, and that takes time. And I think also we don't give ourselves enough time for that. We're so focused on task-based uh, mm-hmm. to-do lists. Mm-hmm. And we, we think of our own productivity as being very much um, judged by what is on and what comes off your to-do list. But yeah. actually those those are not the things that move your business forward. And you know, in my case, email does not move my business forward particularly. <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't make I don't get to make a million dollars if I'm at inbox zero. It's just not yeah. how it works. Yeah. The reward for being really great at email is more you get more email. And uh but the stuff that really does propel us forward, the strategy and uh networking, mm-hmm. uh, you know, all the stuff that really has to be uniquely us. We need to have time to do without feeling like the actual weight of the world is on our shoulders. Yeah, that is true. You know, do you think that as entrepreneurs now that we're in such a digital space, do we take networking for granted now? Do we feel Mm. like we don't have to necessarily mean like the physical piece of it, like actually go to an event, meet people, shake hands, exchange, you know, build partnerships that way because everything is so digital now. And I feel like everything is a lead magnet. Right. Where it's like, (laughs) you know, there's no one on one. I rarely see people go to networking events these days. I rarely see people even do networking events anymore or they do more virtual things. So do you think we're kind of like we're moving more away from that? We don't believe is that important anymore. Well, I think everybody got like really comfy in their sweatpants. Yeah. And uh, it is hard to it is hard to convince yourself. I mean, I uh, I used to joke. Uh, like a year ago, that my 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 new favorite uh, magic act was uh, saying I was going to go to something, and then at the last minute deciding not to. But that was my mo, and uh, because it is super comfortable to be at home, it is. Uh, and you know, of course, I'm one of those people who, when I get out there, I'm s- delighted. I feel mm-hmm. like I'm running into old friends, and it really is fun. Um, but you know, I think too, when I think about networking, I, I think a lot about the distinction between national networking and local networking. And depending mm-hmm. on what your business needs, your business may not need you to be at like a, a BNI meeting, for instance. Yeah. I actually cannot handle BNI. Um, <laughs> I think it's the worst. Um, but I have lots of like a, a, a proud member of uh, Rotary. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think there are probably some Rotary clubs. People are like, oh, no. Um, I'm part of a, I happen to be part of a really good one. So I don't need to bash all of the BNIs. But um, you know, when we're when we're networking nationally, that should that can absolutely be done on Zoom. You don't have to leave the house. Mm-hmm. You just don't have you don't even have to leave the state. Uh, and that yep. has made that has certainly made the world much smaller in a really mm-hmm. delightful way. 
Yeah, yeah, it has. Did you always see yourself as an entrepreneur? Like throughout your life, did you know like, hey, I'm going to be an entrepreneur one day. I'm going to own my own business and this is my road I'm going to take. Did you always see yourself as one or did you kind of fall into entrepreneurship? Oh, you know, I was one of those kids who was like selling candy out of my Trapper Keeper. Um, <laughs> trapper Keeper. Yeah, I'm pretty like, it, you know, it's one of those things that can either you can either like take that and become an entrepreneur or like a drug runner. You know, it can go literally <laughs> one of two ways. <laughs> and um, I had little businesses as a kid. Um, I had a, a very a tremendously successful dog walking business when I was mm. in like, middle school. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yep. And uh, and I I loved working and I loved making money. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the making money was a really important part of um, what how I viewed myself mm-hmm. uh, as a young adult. But then. Um, uh, when I was 24, I sold my apartment and cashed in my uh, my 401k mm-hmm. and uh, started my first business, which was an online jewelry retailer. And it was right before people were really buying fashion online. Oh, wow. Um, okay. And it, I absolutely lost my shirt, like 100% lost literally everything. Oh. And, um, and I was so scarred from that experience. Now it's kind of mm. funny, but it was 10 years before it was yeah. funny. Yeah, um, of course. And so, yeah. So <laughs> after that, actually, I told my, I told myself like, no, I can, I'll have a side hustle or something, but I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not going to be risky. And most importantly, someone else is going to have to be responsible for my paycheck landing in my bank account, mm-hmm. uh, at it, like, midnight on Friday. And, uh, and I really felt like that was so comforting, but as it turns out, people mess that up too. You know, you can get, you can get laid off. You can have, you know, there can be a, I've, I've had so many weird stuff happen that, you know, eventually like it's, if it's going to get messed up, at least I can be the one who can mess it up. an, An equal chance of getting it right. And, uh, I, when I, when I uh, left corporate this last time, mm-hmm. uh, I worked with my husband who gave me a little, like a runway. And he said, well, here's our savings. Here's what you can essentially, like, here's your burn rate. You need to mm-hmm. add to it. And when it gets to zero, you have to go get a job. So I just tried to make sure that there was money there. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't have to go get a job. And luckily, things have mostly turned out well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm glad it did. Well, that's that's really good that you had that support system. When did you know it was time to take that leave? Was it that you felt like, hey, I just don't want to do this corporate thing anymore? Or did it, was it a defining moment for you or a piece of advice or something that sparked in you and said it's time to for me to go ahead and take that leap and do this full time? Oh, I was so inspired by um, entrepreneurship and business mm-hmm. owners that I had to keep a notebook with me to mm-hmm. keep all of the business ideas that I had in one place. And uh, I think being between Madison and Chicago, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I could see like what Madison needed and what Chicago was innovating. And so that was a really neat space. I ended up um, leaving corporate actually to join a, a startup that was a wedding reg that is a wedding registry for art. Mm-hmm. And um, that was, uh, that was essentially like why I left corporate. Um, and I started my, my, uh, my revenue consultancy sort of like pay the bills while I got things going with the, um, wedding company. But I actually hated, um, being, 
uh, involved in the in the wedding business. You know, it's like oh. beautiful, but yeah, um, not for not. It was not. It was just not my cup of tea. And I ended up loving the consulting that I was doing, mm-hmm. and I experimented with all sorts of things. I experimented with having networking groups, and I experimented yeah. with um, having a product company. And um, so you were didn't do the wedding, didn't like the wedding business, but you really fell in love with the consulting piece of your business, mm-hmm. and that's where you decided to do that full time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And I, I consulted uh, mostly software development firms on mm-hmm. their revenue. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and I loved that. I loved my clients. And, um, and then of course, out of that came uh, my VA rocks. Uh, and I made after about a year of doing both, it was just very obvious that, um, that the virtual assistant company deserved uh, my full attention and mm-hmm. had the, you know, there was, um, some opportunity cost in me keeping consulting and, um, and I, uh, I have loved seeing it grow and building it and building the team. And it's just been really, uh, an incredible experience. That is so awesome. Do you, um, get a lot of entrepreneurs are, who feel like, who are afraid to let go of responsibilities that almost oh, yes. like do the work for the VA assistant? Cause I, I, I was doing that in the beginning. I was like, mm-hmm. Oh, well, I'm, I'm gonna make everything for you. And I'm gonna give it all to you. And you just, I'm writing, you just schedule it. And as she was kind of like, I can do all of that, you know? <laughs> so do you run yep. into that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very, very common. I think that, you know, the, um, there are some other things that we see, like, um, you know, there's a fear that comes with perfectionism mm-hmm. where uh, people are so afraid to give anything up because it may not be perfect mm-hmm. that they end up being saddled with this huge workload. And, um, you know, things are, things are not going to be perfect, especially right off the bat. Yeah. But, uh, you know, slightly imperfect is done. And, uh, mm. and that's often better than done is better than perfect. Right. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, we also see like, well, it's so much easier. It's easier to do it myself just this one last time. <laughs> well, okay. But it's not, we know it's not, it's yes. okay. It's a trap. Uh, and actually we've, um, we've, one, one of the things that has been really fascinating to me has been the way that people start working with a VA because mm-hmm. to your point, it is really difficult. And sometimes this your business has existed in your head for years. Yes. And now letting somebody else in just feels like, oh, I don't know. Do I have to explain to you where this came from? Because yes. you've been doing it this way or, you know, it, it's a widget on my phone and that's why we do it that way. <laughs> um you know, whatever the case. Yeah. Uh, and now we have, um, we ha- we're trying out having essentially implementation managers mm-hmm. who can help get, um, get people acclimated to using a VA who can, um, the onboarding, the onboarding specialists can help make, um, strategic suggestions like, Hey, mm-hmm. you need a project management software here, or, yeah. Hey, let's get this process down and into an SOP so that, um, people can work more effectively with a virtual assistant because it's, you know, if you've been in your business alone for a long time, Mm -hmm. uh, it's really difficult to go from zero to effectively working with a VA who takes a lot of it off your plate. And, um, you know, it's not, it's certainly not magic, but Mm -hmm. once you like have really established good communication and a good rhythm with a virtual assistant, I mean, you feel like a wizard. (laughs) 
<laughs> like, look at all this stuff I can accomplish. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like the girl that comes that works with me, she's just like on top of it. And I had a lot of things already in place, a lot of tools and stuff like that that I use to help with certain things. But like you said, being able to kind of like give that all to someone was hard to do because I'm so used to just kind of like going through it and pushing it out. Mm-hmm. But it, since I've been doing it, it has allowed me to have more time to focus mm-hmm. on the actual show itself, the guest, uh, you know, the questions that I need to ask and stuff like that. So it really has allowed me a lot of time. And I'm really glad that I finally did it. I really am. Good for you. It was it was just a big part of it. So what has the journey of starting this new business been like for you? Because was it smooth sailing all the way? Or did you have like some <laughs> ebbs and flows? <laughs> I know I have to ask that question, but most of them I was like, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I struggled. <laughs> oh my God. So what, what was the journey like for you? Well, you know, um, we have, uh, we've come up against some really interesting challenges, which is mm-hmm. the kindest way to say it. Um, <laughs> and, uh, I mean, looking at the bright side, it really has given us an opportunity to, um, examine our hiring practices and how we, um, identify who our client is and which ones we say no to and how we, you know, how we build the culture. It's been really, really good. Mm -hmm. Um, I was reminded recently, uh, that, you know, it's, uh, it's supposed to be hard. So when it's hard, you know, like we knew it was going to be difficult. Yeah. And I think we sort of romanticize how, when we have gone through, challenges in the past and made it through, we often look back like, oh, wow, that was tough, but so, you know, the best time. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, it's hard to see that in the moment when you are going through it. Um, You know, it's a journey. (laughs) It's always a journey. Yeah. It has its highs and lows. How did your, how did you manage your time with being a wife, being a mom and trying to balance everything? Because when you become an entrepreneur, it's like almost like you work more than you would in your normal night, in a normal nine to five. So how did you balance everything? Well, I do have wonderful support from my husband, Mm -hmm. um, who is absolutely fantastic. Uh, he was a stay at home dad for several years. Oh, that's uh, awesome. so he's really in a good rhythm with our kids. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, a, I mean, he's a wonderful father. Um, so that was probably, um, pretty, pretty important, uh, mm-hmm. to the overall health of all the companies. Um, I also delegate things that, um, most people, I mean, I guess also it's helpful that I own a virtual assistant agency, but, um, I was (laughs) delegating stuff way before I owned the agency. Um, and I really dislike doing things I don't have to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so like the example I always give is I, um, I'm not sure how, but I was roped into coaching basketball for my kids (laughs) and, um, and it's peewee basketball. Like I think they were like, uh, six and eight when I yeah. started. So, you know, we're not, nobody's getting ready for the NBA. Where's the why? <laughs> and, um, and I remember thinking like, oh, sure. I'll just check the box that says I'd be happy to help coach. And then they made me the head coach of both teams, which is ludicrous because I barely know how to play basketball. And my husband was like, what are you doing? When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. 
Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. I've never seen you play basketball. We don't own a basketball. You've never expressed an interest in playing basketball. Do you know how to play? And, um, you know. Sorry, this is still, Ashley, you are too funny. I mean, I say yes. So I, what I did is actually I worked with uh, my virtual assistant at the time and I mm-hmm. said, okay, uh, we're coaching basketball. I don't really know how to play. Uh, and I had, and I had never been in a peewee like practice of any mm-hmm. kind. I just didn't play. I didn't play sports as a kid. Uh-huh. Um, I was like, I was in drama and singing musical theater. So very opposite basketball. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had the VA send me um, YouTube clips of peewee practices. So I would know even what is supposed to happen in the, yeah. in the practice. And then um, the VA handled all of the snack mom organization and sent out the email that said, okay, um, our next game is on Saturday. Don't forget to wear your shirt and yeah. here's who the snack mom is. Um, and you know, that stuff, that's the kind of stuff that could never make its way onto my priority list because yeah. everything else was frankly, is frankly on fire, right? Mm-hmm. Stuff that we don't have time for, like that gets deprioritized is not because it's not important. It's because uh, we are putting out fires. And a friend of mine puts it uh, in a really delightful way, which is, listen, um, there is currently a bonfire, a house fire, and a forest fire. Mm. I'll get to the bonfire, but we're just going to take care of the house fire first. And uh, to be clear, everything's on fire. Everything's <laughs> on fire. So if it's not on fire, I just don't. I don't even have the capacity to look at it. So, um, and I think that's such a good framing. Yeah, it is. Um, that's how it feels, right? Like mm-hmm. just putting out all the fires all the time. All the fires all the time. All the fires. It's always and, something. Always. I mean, mm-hmm. it's always something. Always. And um, I have never had the luxury of having so much time that I can be like a very organized person, for instance. Mm-hmm. So that's okay. We just give that to somebody else. And um, I'm not going to say that I was the world's most successful basketball coach, but um, I coached for for several years, both teams. And I had a blast doing it. And, wow. it um, and more importantly, the, the stuff that I delegated really freed me up to do what I wanted to do in basketball, which was mm-hmm be the world's most enthusiastic coach and give little kids <laughs> high fives. So they, oh my yeah. gosh, good job. You made a basket. I think yeah. that's some amount of points. Good job, you. You know. <laughs> he said, I think that's some amount of points. <laughs> <laughs> that is too funny. That is so cool that you actually did that because I don't think I would have been able to do it. I'd like, I don't know anything about basketball. How am I going to coach a team? Oh my you God, know, that's so cool that was... you even did it. It was not one of my finer moments, to be honest. And uh, the first, the first time I walked into that gym holding mm-hmm. desperately clutched, clutching a uh, clipboard, mm-hmm. I uh, I did not know how well it was going to go or not go. But you know, we made it, it through. As I said, it worked out. In the end, it all worked out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it worked out. Yep. So, what inspired you to write the book? Because you already got a lot of things going on, and I know when it comes to a book, it it takes time. You know, um, yeah. well, for some people, some people can write a book in seven days. I've seen some things floating around on the, online. But what inspired you to write the book? Uh, well, I um, I had been thinking about it for a long time. Mm-hmm. I gave a TEDx on a similar subject and wanted to expand on that idea. Um, and uh, and I, I really like writing. Mm-hmm. So uh, it was sort of a fun, creative pursuit for me. And um, uh you know, it was sort of a bucket list item and I yeah. thought I was going to do it in um, 2020. And then of course, 
that was not the best year ever. Mm -hmm. And, uh, in 2021, I finally was like, all right. And I, um, I had, I, I partner sometimes with American family insurance, Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, they bought the first 100 copies of a book that I had not written one word of. And I sort of said like, well, okay, uh, I will, get this to you by the end of the year. So I had a, um, a built-in deadline and, mm-hmm. um, you know, you, it was something that I was, um, excited to make time for. And, mm-hmm. uh, and actually the, the process was not as, uh, it wasn't as exhausting as I thought it would be. It was really mm-hmm. kind of fun. That's good. Did you discover anything new about yourself while writing this book? Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm positive that I did. You know, there's especially as we're ta- as we're thinking through like m- making sure that um people in general are mm-hmm. treated equitably and yeah. cared for in ways that we haven't traditionally cared for people. Mm-hmm. And all this stuff sort of um it deserves a chance to ruminate in your head. Yeah. Uh, and you know, we we have to rethink all of we have to rethink like all of our unconscious bias, for instance, and oh, yeah. really examine yeah. that. And we have to um think through like why is it different from dads than it is for moms and yeah. how do we dismantle it? And I think that um I think that stuff is so fascinating and so important. Mm-hmm. Uh and I that's really what came out of the book for me. Oh, so in the end, do you believe that? Because I've asked other working moms this question, you know, like, how do you balance it all? Do Can we do it all? Like, do we, I'm going to say this, we can do it all. We'll be, we're exhausted, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. We're exhausted at doing it all. But what did you discover at the end of it? Did you believe that, hey, as moms, as working moms, we can have it all? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, a big part of it is um, how we ask for help. Mm-hmm. And certainly it's not um, it's not necessarily a virtual assistant because I know that 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 seems out of reach for most people. Um, but it is also like making sure that we have partnership in our in in who we're um, who we're married to and who yeah. we're raising kids with. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like my husband is really wonderful and he is an incredible support. But also like, I'm very specific about what I need and mm-hmm. how things are working. And um, and I uh, I think a lot about how like we shouldn't be asking for help, right? Because that's not what we're, that's not really, when we ask for help from our partners, it, um, it drives home the assumption that it was supposed, we were supposed to do it all ourselves. And so when you ask for help, you're asking for somebody to take something off of your plate. Um, And I think it's more important to decide like, it's not on my plate in the first place. Why don't you figure out that the kitchen needs to be cleaned? And I don't need to, I don't want to tell you about that. I want you to look at a dirty kitchen and say, okay, here I go that's what I need from a partnership. And so I think as he, as wonderful as he's really, truly the best. uh, But also I'm very clear about like, "Mm, this isn't working so well for me, or I'm starting to feel resentment here. And uh, we need to do something a little bit different. Yeah. What would you say to the single mom, the single parent that's, you know, trying to work and um, parent and maybe start a business? What would you say to them when it comes to balancing? Well, it's so important also to um, have your um, have your village ready to go. Yeah. I yep. think um, uh, it's important for single moms to be able to voice what they need. Mm-hmm. And so often there are people who have said like, oh, I'm happy to help. Just let me know. Mm-hmm. And I think that's difficult 
to take somebody up on. It's like, oh, just let me know when you want to come oh over God, to my house so for true. dinner. <laughs> like, you're not ever going to say, like, how's Tuesday to come over to your house for dinner? Yeah. Literally never say that, right? Like, that's yeah. that's the um, that's the equivalent of, like, don't call us. We'll call you. Um, but uh, but we – but, like, my, I think of my girlfriends. Like, I really want to help them. And that's a way to deepen our relationship, too. And so mm-hmm. when um, when you sort of keep all of that stuff in your – uh, like on your list and you yeah. don't allow anybody in enough, that also means that your friendships are shallow. And there are people mm-hmm. around who absolutely want to be there. Um, and, you know, I wish that I could uh, have a conversation with everyone who is surrounding a single mom and say mm-hmm. like, but hey, you have to offer three suggestions. Do you want me to come over and uh, <laughs> uh, do you want me to come over and vacuum? Do you want me to make you dinner? Do you want me to yeah. leave dinner at your doorstep? Pick one. Um, but realistically, that is not how most people offer help. Mm-hmm. But um, I think it is also important to recognize that that's um, that is a way to let someone in to your life and your heart, and uh, and a way to deepen friendships. And you know the um, the thing that has made such a big difference to me is the friendships that I've um, cultivated. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes, and I'm not actually a very good. I'm not a very good. I'm not great about keeping in touch. I'm not. I'm you know. I'm like I am like managing a house on fire. So not everybody can handle <laughs> that, but it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think you said that that's important. And I think that's important even as married couples to have a village, have a community of support. You know what I mean? Because I know with me and my husband, we have family and friends and stuff like that. Just to support us when we just need to have time together, you know, mm-hmm. because we, we still have to cultivate that relationship as well. And it's important as a single parent, because I have friends who are single parents that we support to have that support system around them to allow them to still feel like they can do the things that they do, that they love and to take some things off their plate because it can be overwhelming for them mm-hmm. at times when they're assisting since because they're by themselves and they're trying to do it all. I even think about my mom being a single parent and why my mom has 13 children. I don't know how she did it, you know, but we, 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 we all made it. <laughs> That's amazing. You know, and it's like she and I look at her and she just never seemed like she suffered through anything. And as I got older and I talked to her, about these conversations and just watching her growing up. And she said, I never showed you guys when I went through stuff. I never showed you guys when I was upset and when I was hurt or when I couldn't, when I had to make sure that you guys had it versus me. Like, I'm like, mom, I've never seen you not have anything. And she's like, you never see me go to work with holes in my shoes or holes in my clothes or not having the stuff that I wanted because I have to take care of you guys. And so I was just so shocked to hear that from her. But it just goes to show you the sacrifices parents make for Mm -hmm. their kids, you know, for their children. And it's just being able to have that support is huge because my mom didn't have a support around her. It was just, hey, you older kids, y'all take care of the young ones (laughs) kind of thing, you know. So we was grateful for that. But it's important to have that support and have good friends around. You made a that's a true statement. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that is true. So is there any other books on the horizon? Do you think you got some more books coming or you think this is probably just like a one and done kind of thing? Ha. Um, I am, uh, I am working on my, um, I'm working on my next book on delegation and, uh, oh, yeah. how to, how to be, uh, better about that. Cause as it turns out, nobody pulls you aside, even if you go get an MBA, which I do not have. Um, <laughs> but even if you get an MBA, it, as it turns out, nobody pulls you aside and says like, here's how you take something off of your list and put it on someone else's. It's just not, it should be, 
it should be uh, maybe the first class you take, but um, it's not. And it's not. Uh, as it turns out, we all struggle with it. Yeah, that's so true. I, I like that because we don't know how to delegate other things to people. You know, when you think about as an entrepreneur, you think about, okay, I got to do, like I said, I got to do everything myself. I got to get this business started. I got to find this. I got to do this. I got to do that. We do not think about hiring people on, but every entrepreneur that I talked to said in order to grow, you have mm -hmm. to hire people. You have, you can't do everything yourself. You have to be willing to relinquish certain things to other people. And I always ask, and I'm actually this question too, why do you think we're, it's so hard for us to do that? Why is it so hard for us to give responsibilities to other people and let them do it? And then, like you said, we focus on the big strategy piece of it. Well, I think it, it just feels bad to give mm -hmm. something up. Um, it, it feels really risky, mm -hmm. um, and uh, until you're really in a, in good habits, um, you know it doesn't happen magically. Yeah. One of the things that we tell clients is: listen, you have to meet with your VA once a week. Uh, you have to have a project management system to, um, to so that you can keep track of what has been delegated mm -hmm. and what what now. Like when the VA says, "Oh, but I need this." one piece from you first before I can complete it. Um, you know, there's all sorts of little things like that that just make it really difficult. And I think if it were a magic wand, um, we would have a, we would have no problem, but it's not. Um, and so, you know, I used mm -hmm. to, I, I joke that our biggest competitor is it's easier to do it myself. And yeah. um, like, it's a joke, but it's not really a joke. Uh, it's a, it's a big competitor of ours yeah, and, it is. <laughs> um, you know, for, for any number of reasons, but mm -hmm. it is really healthy and, um, it is really healthy. Also, I think we've been taught for so long to be self-reliant yes. and how important it is. We have to mm -hmm. do our own work. We can't, you know, we can't like, of course we can't steal from others, but, some, mm -hmm. but that gets like, um, that gets sort of convoluted, I think. Yeah. And it, it, ends up that we think that managing um, a series of projects is not actually doing any work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. We're, we are, we grew up with that mindset of like, you have to work hard. You have to do it yourself. Nobody's going to give it to you. You have to go out there and do it and you're not going to share it with nobody. <laughs> right. That's kind of the, the idea that we, we all kind of, we all kind of have where you like delegation. Delegation is not something we're taught. We don't really know about it. What do you think of, when do you think it's time to say, hey, it's time to bring on a VA or it's time to bring on somebody to help you? When do you think it's time when it's the rub sorry, when it's the right time that you've gotten there? When do you tell entrepreneurs like, hey, you're there, you need to do this now? That's a good question. You know, um, I think a lot about uh, uh, people who have brought in VAs too early. There's too mm -hmm. much pressure. You really have to have, first of all, your business has to be profitable. Mm -hmm. um, it's now one of the screening questions that we ask. We want our we want our clients to have been profitable for the last couple of years because um, of, 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 no one in your business can make you profitable. They mm -hmm. can help you be more profitable. But you sort of have to figure out what your what makes sense for your business first, and yeah. if you have um, if you have systems, especially that can be um, that can be given to someone else. That's so. If you can say, "Here's how I do business development, and here's how you would do that for me," that mm -hmm. is a really healthy place uh, mm -hmm. to start bringing in a virtual assistant. But I think most people, um, you know, the the uh, as you're growing. Um, it can feel like 
well, I'm ready for my first employee, but I'm absolutely not ready for my first first employee. And that's kind of the, the right place to bring in um, mm-hmm. any um, uh, any contingent help. And uh, and I think uniquely to our clients, uh, we mostly have clients who can sense that there is a bigger market available to them. Mm. They just can't capture it yet because they yeah. don't have enough. They don't have enough bodies or enough hands, and they just need to be able to capture more market. And um, and that's a fun that's a fun place to come in. We really yeah. like that. Yeah, that's really good. This this has been a good conversation. I, I'm glad we had this time. Should tell you so surprised. I know. <laughs> <laughs> what? I had no idea. It just seems it was just fun. Like your personality is just <laughs> super fun and easy to talk to, you know? <laughs> Thanks. Right back at you. Yeah, thank you. This has been really good. Um, let me ask you this. What are some tips or strategies you can give? Um, entrepreneur in terms of like just getting into their business, starting their business, what mindset do you think an entrepreneur have to have when they're ready to kind of take that leap and do it full time? Uh, well, I think focusing on ways to collaborate with other people mm-hmm. um, is a really good start. And actually, I'm so excited about more women being mm-hmm. entrepreneurs because there's a way that we manage that's more empathetic. Yes. Um, you know, we tend to be, we tend to be, um, a, we have an abundance mindset. We're not, we're not out to kill the competition. Mm-hmm. And so um, collaborating with other women, I think is probably like key to anyone's success yeah. uh, as an entrepreneur. Um, and, and then I think, you know, we, we know about um, being a female entrepreneur that um, only 4% make it to the, um, make it to uh, seven figures in revenue a year, mm-hmm. which means that that should be everyone's goal. It should be yeah. everyone's goal to have a seven yeah. figure business right out of the gate. Um, Cause we need to, we need to really uh, push that to, yeah. I mean, at least 5%, 10%, yeah. um, 4% is really egregious. Mm-hmm. Um, and focus on making uh, the company that you wished you could have worked for because mm. we have enough, uh, we have enough soulless corporate uh, companies and we need the heart and the, um, the thoughtfulness that comes with uh, entrepreneurs who can build a business that they're really, really proud to work with. Yeah, I think it's good now that we're coming to a place where we think is we're looking at it more positively to lead in our femininity. You know what I mean? Because before Mm -hmm. corporate America is so masculine, you know what I mean? To be in corporate America, you have to be, you have to have that masculine energy just like everybody else do. But Mm -hmm. I think it's something now where things are shifting. And even as entrepreneurs, you're able to lead in that femininity, femininity. And it's just so awesome to see, like you said, we can be caring. We can be thoughtful. We don't have to yeah. be mean and shrewd and rude to people in order yeah. to get things done. We don't have to leave from a, a fear perspective, you know what I mean, in order to get things done. I like that. Yeah. And we certainly had to. I mean, I I, um, mm-hmm. I don't want to bash the women who came before me because I yeah. know that that was, you know, there was the one way. pink chair yeah. and you had to fight somebody <laughs> for it yep. and you had to make sure that nobody thought you were weak Mm-hmm. And uh, and that you would always be strong, mm-hmm. um, but we're just in a different. We're luckily we're in a different place right now, and I have so much faith in Gen Z that oh, they yeah. will continue changing things. And you know, there are some there are some real yeah. there's some real weird weird stuff that goes on in corporate America, and I'm oh, yeah. really looking forward to changing that. 
<laughs> exactly. Well, listen, I thank you so much for coming on the show. Before we end the show, I ask every guest this, what was some of the best advice you received from another woman? Oh, it's a <laughs> great question. Um, I So I uh, when I was thinking about going out on my own, I called two women and I mm. said, listen, you seem to on social media make this seem like it was really um, is really great. And I need you to be honest with me. Like, is it uh, is it a mess behind the scenes or is it really as great as you make it seem? And um, both women said, it's pretty great. Just mm. go for it and and it'll take care of itself. And, uh, you know, it has certainly been a rocky journey as it mm-hmm. always is. Mm-hmm. But um, the time that I get to spend with my children and the flexibility that I have to build the life that I want to lead. And, um, uh, you know, when we were, when we were in corporate America, we kept being reminded, right. That like you can be replaced right now. You can be replaced. There's nothing special about you. Mm -hmm. And, um, that is still true when you have, um, when you have your own business, but it means that no single person can wreck it. It's Mm. real. You know, if you have a business that's chugging along, it, it, it tends to have sort of a, an energy of its own and tapping into that is really, um, is really beneficial. So I think the, the go for it, go for it advice from those two yeah. women, uh, absolutely changed my life. Yeah. I like that. You just go for it, you know? And I, and I think I like what you said in terms of like, we have to know that it's going to be hard no matter what. That's just mm-hmm. the way it is. It's hard work. If you go out on your own, it's going to be hard. It's hard work, but the reward is so much greater then when you have to work for someone else and to just go for it. I love that. <laughs> I thank you so much for coming on the show. This was such a great conversation. Um, I know my audience is going to learn a lot from this conversation and be inspired by everything you said and just your personality all around. <laughs> oh, thank you. I'm so honored. It's a really fun to be your guest too. Yes. And I look forward to you coming back when you release a new book, of course. And we're going to talk about that because we all got to yeah. learn how to delegate better. Um, <laughs> we all need it. All right, guys. I am Shawnee Sanders. This is the Girl Techno Podcast. And we will talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to the Girl Techno Podcast. We really hope this episode gets you one step further in your dream of becoming an entrepreneur. If you like this episode, please leave us a review. Once you leave us a review, we will shout you out on our next episode. Now, in order to qualify for the shout out, all you have to do is leave a review, screenshot the review, tag Girl Techno Podcast in your stories, and you will get a shout out in our next episode. Until then, guys, thank you so much for listening, and we will talk to you next time. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. When everyone is on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said. Done.